September 21st, 2017, downtown San Francisco. The Sales Development Conference, the world's first and only conference focused and dedicated 100% to sales development. Learn, grow, and succeed with the top minds in the sales development space. Keynote speakers include Henry Schock, CEO of Discover Org, Manny Medina, CEO of Outreach, Christina McMillan, Director of Research at Topo, and legendary sales trainer. John Barrows, among many, many others. No fluff, no filler, just the data, research, and networking you need to grow your career and become a stronger sales development leader. Go to tenbound.com slash conference to get your early bird ticket today. Again, tenbound.com slash conference to lock in this incredible opportunity today. On this week's sales development podcast, we have a legend. Ms. Trish Bertuzzi, President and Chief Strategist of The Bridge Group and the author of the best-selling Sales Development Playbook. If you have not read this, if you don't have a dog-eared copy on your shelf, drop everything right now and go and buy it and read it and make it part of your program. It's amazing. Trish has been a huge influence on me and we're so honored to have her on the show. Trish, thank you so much and tell us about your day and how you're actually the main outbound SDR for the bridge group. Thinking about how to be better at that almost my entire career. And quite honestly, my job at the bridge group is still that of a sales development rep. I still do outbound every day. We get a ton of inbound leads and I have a fabulous team that follows up on them. They don't even really interest me. I want to do outbound. So I'm an outbound SDR. Okay. Tell me about that. What's a day in the life like for you because i think that's the best way to keep your pulse on what a lot of people that listen to the call are doing they're outbound sdrs or outbound sdr managers or directors tell me about a day in the life how do you how does trish bertuzzi do outbound (laughs) well first of all i i have a, a killer database right because i've owned this database of this target segment that I go after, which is B2B technology companies for 20 years. So my data is a thing of beauty, right? And I keep my finger on the pulse of who's doing what, where are they going, where are my contacts? You know, LinkedIn, obviously, is a fabulous way to do that. So the whole crux of the problem with outbound is you've got to focus, focus, focus. And I always say to my clients, those who focus are those who win. So focus is a critical success factor. So I make sure that if I'm doing outbound, I'm doing it into my sweet spot. The other thing I do is I develop stories to tell my buyers, right? So if I'm going after the CRO, I have a very specific story about what I know about that person, their company, their go-to-market strategy. But if I go after the CMO at that same company, which I quite often do, it's a different story because both those people care about different things. So when I get messages from outbound SDRs that sound like this, hi, Trish, this is Sue with Acme Corp. We work with companies like American Express, SAP, and Salesforce, helping them to implement ERP systems. My heart breaks for that SDR. I'm never going to be a prospect for them and they're wasting their time with me. So first things first, those who focus are those who win. 
get focused on your sweet spot. Okay, focus, good data, building that database. And, you know, something that I, I think is it's tough for SDRs and even SDR managers and directors as they, they start to put these teams together is, you know, you and I have been in the business world for a number of years. <laughs> We've got yeah. lots of scars. We've been beat up a lot. And you learn a lot of that business acumen and just kind of understanding what the stories are to tell your customers. But what about somebody who's you know, just starting at this and this is their first job or maybe the first team that they manage, how do they ramp up that business acumen quickly so that they can tell interesting stories? I don't think it's their job to ramp up their own acumen, although I'm a huge fan of self, you know, self-development. If there is a new SDR who hasn't been handed that information, hasn't been handed a playbook on how to be successful that contains everything from what's our sweet spot, what's our elevator pitch, how do you do an introduction, what are the buyer personas, what matter to those people, what's a day in their look, life look like, how do you handle objections, how do you position against the competitors, go find another job, <laughs> right? Leave that company and go find someone who's actually going to invest in your success because where you are, you're just a dialing monkey. Oh, boy. Okay. Okay. So if, a, if somebody's out there and they're, they're talking to companies and they're lining up interviews and things like that, it sounds like one of the main things is, you know, walk me through your onboarding and training process and how that works because, you know, you want me to come in and call every WAN distributed cyber network company <laughs> in the United States. And I've never been in, in that position before. So how are you going to help me to get there, right? Oh, my God. I think asking the question, what does your onboarding and training program look like, is such a critical question. It is a candidate's market. People need to understand that. So take advantage of it and ask those really smart questions and land someplace where you're going to learn. That's another great question to ask when you interview. Do you value learning? Is part of your culture learning? If yes, tell me what that means here. Okay, that's a great question. And, and sometimes I think, you know, if, you, if you've got job offer, I mean, in a best case scenario, you've got a job offer on the table from a huge company that has been cycling SDRs for many, many years, and, and they know exactly what they're doing as far as onboarding and training, hopefully. And then you've got startup with three people and a dream. <laughs> it yeah. seems like... You know, based on what you're saying, I I would go with the big company, do a few years, get inculcated with that, and then do the startup. What do you think? So that is a super interesting topic because sometimes what happens is when you go with the big company and you're given everything, right, and you're indoctrinated in their big company way, which might not be as nimble and as current as a startup company, but you get like stuck and maybe some of your development muscles might atrophy whereas at the startup maybe you learn more but i mean it's it's tough right cuz everything is so dependent on who's the big company and who's the startup right cuz they're they're not all alike so it's it's a tough question to answer remember back in the day probably before your day everybody went to work for Xerox or IBM to get their training Everybody. Mm -hmm. Like that was the way you started your career in sales. Well, we've got to find those next 
companies that are willing to invest in helping their SDRs really be successful and then make sure that everybody knows about them and that they have a great talent pool accessible. Yeah, exactly. And I actually see a few through my window. I'm in downtown San Francisco today and they're building the Salesforce Tower, which is this gigantic thing that's dominating the skyline. And when I think about those type of things, it's Salesforce and LinkedIn. You know, they've got the pipeline. Salesforce was the big one that came out with it when it went from telemarketing to sales development. You know, it was all Salesforce and Aaron Ross and uh, Mary Lou Tyler's book and things like that. So, you know, that it seems like those companies are doing something right as far as putting people through the pipeline. I, I would think if when I when I went into my first career, I was with this mega corporation called EDMC and they, they actually flew everybody out to Pittsburgh and we went through two weeks of sales training. And that's just unheard of nowadays. Oh, it is. See, this is what kills me. We will invest so much money in hiring people, but we won't invest so much money on training them. So what's the what's the average hiring budget? I don't know, twelve, fourteen thousand dollars it costs to hire an SDR, if not more. What do we budget for training for that rep? Maybe a grand a year? Like what? Like, how does that even make sense? No, let's find no. them, but let's not keep them. Right. And then you're kind of out on a limb as an SDR and even the, and even the SDR manager, because you're, you're trying all these different things. Nothing's working. Everyone's getting disappointed. And then it's like, hey, let's pull the plug on the whole thing. So, <laughs> so now let's take it up a, up a level. If you're the VP of sales or the VP of marketing and you're looking at your sales development program and going, I don't know what's going on here. Like, I better call, you know, the bridge group and figure out what's going on here. What, what would you recommend they do as far as onboarding training, you know, getting, getting people the skills they need. I mean, I talk about this in the book and I talk about this all the time. The first thing you need to do if you have a young team is teach them about your buyers. Don't talk about your product. It doesn't matter. Your product means nothing to a young SDR. They need to understand, all right, I'm going to sell to CFOs. Hmm. What is their job like? What do they do every day? How are they measured? What are their challenges? How are they currently addressing those challenges? Hmm, where do they hang out? Online, offline. Okay, I kind of get it. What language should I use when I talk with a CFO? Okay, I get that. Now talk about your product. How does your product or solution help the CFO do their job better? But until you get the beginning part, you shouldn't talk about your product or solution. I am totally bought in. <laughs> That's where I start with every team. It's like, who are we selling to? Have you ever taken them out to lunch at your company? Like you, you have a CFO, right? <laughs> like yeah. How much time have you actually spent with them? And, yeah. and so say you're, you're, you know, the VP of sales and you go, Hey, you know, SDR manager, let me take a look at the emails that you're sending out to our prospects. And you're like, Oh my God. <laughs> oh my God. So wait, wait, LinkedIn lately, it seems to be in fashion for VPs of sales or CROs to bash the bad emails or voicemails they get from other people's SDR teams. I'm going to guarantee you they have no idea what their own team is pumping out there. That's right. That's right. And, 
So, you know, and one thing, you know, we've talked about this before, publicly shaming people on LinkedIn. I mean, let's take a look in the mirror first before you start posting that stuff on LinkedIn. I mean, that's that's not cool. And then the other thing is, if you're that VP of sales and you look at the emails that your team is pumping out and it's not relating to the buyer persona or the problems that they have, it's just product stuff, then you've got a serious problem because you're alienating people out there, right? Yeah, it's crazy. And I also love, this kills me, when CROs get out on LinkedIn or wherever or on a panel, they're like, oh, I never answer my phone. And then they turn to their SDR leader and go, you need your people to make more calls. It's like, okay, okay, you won't take a call, but you're flogging your people to make more calls. Hmm. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah, it's very, it's very, you know, uh, it's like a, a circle. And I think a lot of it is just, you know, they don't know what it is beyond just go make more calls that advice to, to actually do. So, you know, working like as you work with VPs of sales and marketing, what are two or three things that you say, wait a minute, you know, don't just make more calls. Here's what you should actually do. You know, thing number one, read well, my book. I but, think, yeah. <laughs> yeah, obviously. That goes without saying. The sales development playbook available on Amazon, Audible, hard copy, or Kindle. Thank you. So what what should they do? Well, I'm a big storyteller. I, I mean, I love that. Everyone's like, voicemails don't work. Well, you know, you're not going to get a call back from a voicemail, but you're going to tell a little piece of your story, right? It's like a chapter in a book. If you have a really interesting voicemail that arouses curiosity and then maybe they see an ad from your business or maybe they get an email from your CMO or it's all about awareness, right? It's about surrounding that account with value and being interesting and relevant and showing empathy so that there's some level of awareness. So when the issue does pop up, they go, you know what? I'm going to talk to them. They nailed it with me. I'm going to talk to them. Right. And I think, um, you know, the, the, the method of spray and pray, where you, you feel like if I send out, you know, 10,000 emails that X number will convert and things like that, it seems like that's on the way out because it's just not converting anymore. So, so now that we're in 2017, what's the next step or what's the next way of doing it where you're creating content and trying to get people into your community and stuff like that. Like, what should we do next beyond that? I don't know. I mean, you still have to use the tools at your disposal, right? So it's still phone. It's still email. It's still social. Videos coming in, but so few people know how to make a good video that actually arouses curiosity that we need some practice there. So it's, you know, it's tried and true. People have been selling since the dawn of the ages. You just have to rise above the noise of everyone else by being more interesting to your buyer. And, you know, buyers aren't vanilla. What works, like I'm a phone person. I listen to voicemails. I pick up my phone. I despise email. So that that's what works for me that, you know, the, the other buyer that you're trying to get at might feel the total opposite. So that's why you have to use as many types of media as possible because your buyers are going to react differently. Yeah, I agree. And, and there's a good piece of research that came out from the Topo blog around nothing's dead. 
that it was kind of like, you know, the, the argument is, well, cold calling's dead, or social media's dead, or email's dead, you know, everyone's trying to, you know, pitch some kind of thing that's dead already, but it's actually nothing's dead, it's just that, you know, you have to find, I think what you're saying, what your buyer would react to, and then come at them with a valuable offer that will help solve their problems. Absolutely. Okay. All right, cool. So say somebody's, you know, they're coming in as an SDR, they've been doing the job for a while, and, um, you know, they they need sort of an extra push or some motivation or something because it's becoming sort of a grind. Do you have any advice for somebody who's going, God, you know, this is a real grind and I'm not sure if this is for me, I, I don't know if I'm going to make it, and and they're kind of feeling that anxiety right now? Well, it is a grind. Like who likes to suffer massive rejection every day, right? It is a grind, but so's every job. At the end of the day, you go to work and you kind of do the same thing every day. So it's not that you're going to go do something else and, you know, unicorns are going to sprinkle fairy dust on you. It's it, Every job is a grind at some level. So what you have to do is try different things. If you're feeling like it's a grind, it's probably because you're grinding it out. So... Switch up your voicemails, switch up your emails, role play with your team members, go talk to that CFO if you're selling to CFOs. Do something else to make yourself stand out from the crowd. Nobody owns your success other than you. So don't sit there and wait for your company, your manager, your director, or your vice president to deliver for you because you'll be disappointed. Take care of it yourself. Right. I think that that goes along with anything, really. It's sort of an internal locus of control versus an external locus of control. And I I think that's where people get in trouble a lot with, you know, uh, going on Facebook and following the politics and following all the negativity that's out there in the world. And they're going, you know, if this was all straightened out, then I'd be happy, you know, but it's actually, dude, it's, it's up to you. Like at the end of the day, pretty much, yeah, <laughs> pretty much. And there's so many, and and you run many of the fabulous meetings in the Bay Area, where you can go talk to your peers. You know, get out of your silo, get out of just your company's way of thinking, and and go to one of the meetups or the AAISP events or whatever the case may be, and talk to your peers. Get get refreshed, get energized, get new ideas. I mean, it's it's not a static career. It's moving every day. People are learning new things every day. So make sure that you're availing yourself of those things. Yeah. And, you know, it, the sales development is, it's a platform. It's like a springboard for so many different things that you you could do depending, you know, if you're a newer person coming into the workforce, you're trying to figure out what to do. You're learning awesome skills right now of how to communicate with the marketplace. And then, you know, it touches on marketing, it touches on sales, it touches on even, you know, communications and PR and things like that. The, the sky's the limit. And I, I think where you start to get in a downward spiral is if, if you're not getting those new ideas. Exactly. And even even a, a walk, you know, out outside in the nature or... You know, I know that you keep bees and being involved in something that's completely different also pumps in new ideas and makes that connection, right? 
Yeah, absolutely. Well, I will admit I'm a brand new bee mommy, so let's see how I do with my first hive. But yeah, you know, you want to expand, continuously expand your horizons. And what I want to say to your audience is if you can do this job, you can do any job, any job. If you can figure this out, there's never going to be a job that gets handed to you that you can't figure out. It is the most amazing launch pad to the rest of your life and the rest of your career. Oh my God. I amen to that, you know, because yeah. after being many years of an SDR and now, you know, as, as a consultant, you're, you're almost, you're, as you said, you're an SDR every day. Yeah. I mean, if you can do this, everything else becomes a lot easier because, uh, absolutely you know, deal, dealing with being on the phone. And, and yeah. can I, Sure. Can I give your audience one question to ask if they are, feel like they're grinding it out? Yeah. So a lot of times SDRs will say to me, but you know, I'm not, I can't get people to respond positively to me. I, I'm just not, I'm just, what should I do? Ask your audience. Like if you're talking to someone and they're like, yeah, no, 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 yeah, no. Just say, may I ask you a question? And they're going to say, yes. Say to them, what about my message did not resonate with you? You will find out so much. When I've asked that question, I've heard people go, you know what, Trish, you caught me off guard. I wasn't even really listening to what you were saying. How about if we talk some other time? Or I've had people say, you know what, Trish, to be honest with you, I'm not the right person. You should talk to so-and-so. Or I've had people say, you know what, Trish, I don't need you. I got it going on over here. We're good. Good. I'll move on. Thank you for being honest with me. But just asking the question really will teach you so much about both your process and your message. You'll leapfrog ahead. Yeah, you you kind of open up to learning and and to growing and building your skills versus I think what what's demoralizing is you're just putting a message out into the marketplace and you're getting no response. You know, that's right. what I hear. And, you know, they, if, if they can learn and get some feedback, then even a no is a positive thing because now it's like, okay, I can work on something that I got back from the person. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And it was interesting because when you first posed the example there, I thought of a Barbara Corcoran article that I wrote. And she said that when she talks to entrepreneurs and they come at her with the question of what should I do? She gets really, that, that, that's a red flag because it's like, dude, I can't tell you what to do. What she would prefer to hear is, what would you do in this situation? Because it's then, you know, you, the, the person asking the question still has the ownership. Because it's like, dude, you're you. I, I don't know what you should do. It's up to you. you know? But I can tell you what I would do. And if you could, yeah. you know, you could take that advice and. And, and run with it and hopefully something will come out. So, yep. Yep. Well, good. Well, okay. So I, I got a couple more questions for you, Trish. One is, I know that you're coming off a great quarter with the bridge group, which is tremendous and congratulations on Thank that. You. It's, it's, it's been a, a, a long process of building up the business. What's next for you and what are your goals, you know, moving forward with the bridge group? So, I mean, I've had the bridge group for 20 years and we just, as, as I'm sure you saw on LinkedIn, because I was thanking my clients and my team, but we just had the best quarter ever, ever. 
And I think that has a lot to do with the fact that, you know, we learn so much from our clients that we're always creating new services. So this year, well, actually it's late last year, we created a service called account-based revenue, ABR, where we'll go in on the sales side with our marketing partner, Inverta, on the marketing side, and we help people create account-based selling strategies, right? That's where part of the market is is going. And we heard our clients loud and clear. So we are, you know, we created a service to help them. Along those same lines, many of my clients are coming to me and saying, well, when are you ever going to move this, what you know about sales development and inside sales, when are you going to move it over to customer success? I'm like, great question. So next year, I'm going to start building out some type of service around customer success. I'm in the research phase right now, but my point or what I'm trying to communicate is I'm 20 years in, I've had the best quarter in the history of the business and feet don't fail me now. Like what is the next thing I have to focus on? Always keep learning, always keep listening. That's the part of my job that I love is talking to people who teach me things. So. I love it. I, I think yeah. you're right on. I got a couple of uh, follow-ups, but I just want to say that I, you know, I, I'm about a year into my entrepreneurship journey from being in the corporate world for a long, long time. And it, one of the things that's weird is I love Mondays. Mondays are great. <laughs> I, mean, I, I get up every day, you know, on a Monday and go, okay, people are back in the office. Now we can start communicating again, which yeah. is a totally... You know, and I'm thinking as you're talking, you've been you've been doing this for 20 years and you're you're still jazzed about it. You're you're getting into customer success. You've got your ABR program. It's it's amazing the the mindset. Well, I mean, I will tell you Thursday and Friday were end of quarter, so I can't couldn't talk to my CROs and then well, today's a holiday, tomorrow's a holiday. I'm like, "Oh my god." I can't, I can't get on the phone and be an SDR for days. What am I going to do? Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> right. That's probably uh, applying a little bit too much passion, but you can take care of your bees and hopefully, um, you know, <laughs> hop, uh, <laughs> walk around your place. Okay. So, so two questions, account-based revenue. I know that yep. that's something that we could talk about for a long time, but that caught, caught my eye because a couple of years ago it was account-based marketing that's coming yep. out. And now, now then it was account-based sales development. And then it was just account-based everything, right? But now I think you really pinpointed, well, what are we doing all this stuff for, right? It's the revenue. Right. So, you know, it was ABM, ABSD, ABE. I'm like, no, it's about one thing. And the one thing is the cha-ching. So let's call it account-based revenue. Because if you're not measuring it on revenue, here we go again with just another strategy du jour. So, and I think when you call it something like that, when we go into our clients and we say, we're going to help you build an account-based revenue strategy, and we're working with sales and marketing, that kind of puts a vision right front and center. If you call it what it is, that it's about revenue, then both of those organizations, actually the entire organization, has an understanding of what you're trying to accomplish. And what you're trying to accomplish is to generate incremental revenue. Right. And it, it gets rid of those silos that have been, still exist. I mean, they, they, it doesn't get rid of them, but it tries to blow up the silos as much as possible. You know, a couple, uh, like 
I don't know, five or 10 years ago, there was a new position called the, the CRO, right? It was supposed to be the chief yeah. revenue officer and they were in charge of revenue. And it seemed theoretically that they would be, you know, in charge of the account-based revenue from marketing to sales development to sales, even to customer success. I mean, who's ever bringing in the revenue they're in charge of. But then when I've actually worked with them, they're just basically VPs of sales with a different title. So it seems like in a perfect world, if I could put together a perfect org, it would the CRO would be in charge of account-based revenue, all that stuff. And everybody yeah. would kind of roll up. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I have some CROs that run both sales and marketing. And mm. I think that's awesome because I think... I think we're going to start to see a crossover in the long run. I think we're going to start to see CMOs take on more and more revenue responsibility. In a few years down the road, there'll be a schmeld. Right. The, I, the, te the technical word. <laughs> yeah, the technical schmeld. Yeah. Okay. It's going to be exciting. It's going to be exciting. Now is a super exciting time to be in either of those fields. Yeah. And then, and also with customer success, I mean, you know, we've, we've spent the last 10 years trying to get customers on board and, and knocked ourselves out with the sales development and then getting them to sign the deals with the sales. And now they've got a customer base of a subscription customer base, you know, with the software as a service. And now customer success is coming to the forefront. So you guys are all over that too. Well, we're learning, we're researching <laughs> and we're learning and we're loving it. I think that's going to be huge. Well, Trish, thank you so much for coming on the show. I think it's been super valuable for everybody from the CEO to the sales development rep that's trying to figure stuff out. If folks want to get in touch with you, how do they go about uh, contacting you directly? So it's Trish at bridgegroupinc.com. I'm not one of those executives who won't give out my email. There it is. Or you can follow me on Twitter at bridgegroupinc. Yeah, and just for the love of God, figure out what is important to Trish, how to solve her <laughs> business problems, and do some research on the Bridge Group before you reach out. Yeah, do yourself a favor. You don't want me coaching you live, believe me. <laughs> Maybe that's the next show that we do. We'll have a call-in <laughs> show. Give us your best pitch, and uh, Trish and I will tell you what we really think. <laughs> that would be, actually be fun. That would be super fun. I'm thinking. Yeah. I'm trying to. I'm trying to get the technology together to put something like that together. But uh, yeah, that would be fun. I appreciate. All that. right. Let's think about that. All right, Trish. Thanks so much. Enjoy the rest of your holiday. Thanks. You too, David. Have a great one.